Welcome to episode 31 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. In this episode, I'm talking with Chris Hood. Chris is the head of business platform strategy for Google, where his thought leadership and strategic insights on digital and business transformation have fueled countless digital successes. Check out the episode to hear our discussion around the importance of mindset, the benefits of respectfully challenging your clients, and how communication bridges the gap between business and technology. I hope you enjoy. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Really looking forward to the conversation. Thank you and glad to be here. Perfect. So to get things started, why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, career journey. You've had you've had a pretty interesting background across a number of different things and really what it is that you're working on today. Sure. Well, let's see. I have been through a lot of different things. I started off working at a movie theater. I moved into software around the same time. Actually, when I was in college, I had two jobs. One was at the movie theater and one was working at a software store in the mall, the local mall. And it was great because right from the start, I had this balance between this entertainment and customer experience type of stuff, creativity, and then the logical technology, the brain, how it all works and comes together. And really, my entire career has kind of followed that path, bridging the gap between the business and technology. And then over the course of the last five, 10 years, definitely, I've been able to put all of those types of skills into play. And so today, I spend a lot of my time working for Google, talking with customers, and talking with big organizations about how to continue to bridge the gap between technology and business, which is a massive piece. If we think about it today, everything we do is connected in some way to technology. And so businesses that are able to bridge that gap and bring these unique, personalized, and creative experiences to your shopping or to how you even fill up your tank with gas, like all of that becomes critical in how we view the companies that we decide to engage with on a regular basis. That is fascinating. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I love this idea of really bridging the gap between business and technology. And as you mentioned, really every aspect of our life is tied into technology and how how we interact with it and ultimately how it can make our lives better, make our lives easier. And it seems that as the companies that are really thriving are the ones that that can make that connection and ultimately create a very solid user experience, almost a seamless user experience. And I think when you're able to make that connection, it's really where that the innovation happens. And to me, a big part of being able to do that, to, to cross that bridge, so to speak, is really does come down to effective communication. So as you think about it, as you're working with clients in your day-to-day role or just throughout your experience, when you hear the term you know, communication skills or you hear that somebody is a great communicator, what what are you envisioning? What comes to mind when you hear that term? Well, I think you started to touch on that. And, and I don't want to define what communication is, but I think what we need to do is look at where we do communicate. And even if we go back to the examples that I gave just a moment ago, or in the notion of creating these experiences for consumers, 
we have to find ways, businesses have to find ways to communicate to customers, whether that's through marketing or advertising or a proposition of the value, why us, why are we the better company? So all of these things become communications that we are in. And then as we start to look inward to an organization, uh, we've already touched upon it, the ability for businesses and technology to communicate together is essential. The business has to be able to communicate what it is they're trying to build. Technology has to communicate back to the business what is the complexities and the risk and the technologies that are needed to accomplish that. And a big piece of communication is listening. We have to listen from what our customers are asking us, what our, our, their demands are, so that we can interpret that into new products and features and services. And so if we start to break down what are some of the key things that we need to know for effective communication, one, it is definitely listening, listening to what people are telling you and being able to process that. And then two, being able to try to articulate it back in a way that's different. So you might say, I want something blue. Okay, I hear you want something blue, but give me more. Question, ask, inquire about information and knowledge and leverage that as a foundation for how we communicate. All of the other stuff that you typically will see like, your oral and written skills and your interpersonal skills, all of that's going to come, but foundationally, you still have to be able to have a conversation with somebody by listening and responding to what they're saying. And if you can't do that, then really it doesn't matter what you can write or what you can say or how you say it. You're missing the whole point of what effective communication is. Love it. A couple things that, that jumped out to me that you hit on. One is this idea that communication really is that two-way street, whether it's you and I having a conversation, it's not just me putting information out there. It's me really trying to process what's coming back at me. Or if it's a, you, the business and the technology, those communications do have to go both ways and try to make sense of all the data and the information that you're getting back. And the other big thing really is around listening and asking questions. So Chris, I come to you and say, yes, I want something blue. Oftentimes a knee-jerk reaction for someone to say, okay, here you go. Here's something blue versus stepping back and understand, well, why is it important to me that it's blue? Light blue, dark blue, what, what connection is there so that, as you said, you can differentiate your message and build that value as compared to a competitor that just says, hey, here's your blue block. Versus if you've dug in, you've asked those questions, you've gone a few layers deep, you're going to be able to say, here's your blue block. This is how it's going to help you or impact you or make a change in your life. That is a big part that people do miss in communications is really taking the time to listen, to ask, to process, and then to really relate that information back to the person who shared it as to why it's important. So love that. Thank you, Chris. From, from the work that you're doing today and the teams that you work with, we hit on a couple of them around listening and questioning, but what are you seeing some of the, the critical skills in the workplace today when it comes to effective communication? Well, I'm going to 
maybe go a little outside of the box here and and bear with me as we go down this journey together. I think in today's culture, in today's society, the way we communicate as a society currently, we're going to remove the online way we communicate because I think that's completely changed how we, you know, share. We also know that people have become desensitized to a lot of information. We also know that people have become sensitive to a lot of ways that we communicate. And again, I'm trying not to get too uh, specific about this, but I Mm -hmm. think we all understand the premise behind that. When we communicate, especially how we communicate with friends becomes a lot different than how we communicate online and how we communicate in business. And we almost start to have these personas where we adjust to the persona based on who we're talking to and where we're talking to them at. And one of the things that we see in business is, especially in sales and probably in a lot of other areas of the organization, we tend to censor how we communicate because of that audience. And yes, mm-hmm. there's absolutely a time and a place and an audience and know your audience for how you communicate. That's all valid as well. But I think at times we also need to understand that honesty, and, and there's a key in here, honesty, and another term, psychological safety, are key components of communication in business. Now, what do I mean by all of this? Well, first off, I think, let's start with psychological safety. That basically means I can share with you ideas and you're not going to jump down my throat and say, those are stupid Mm -hmm. ideas. What are you talking about? Go back to your job. We don't need your help. Like, If we're embracing full capability of listening and learning and accepting and embracing people's opinions, ideas, et cetera, then we're doing that in this realm of psychological safety to contribute to the conversation that is going on. And again, I think too often, especially in today's culture, we're sensitive to that and we may censor how we share something, which goes back to the honesty part. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely amazed at how many people cannot be honest in a conversation. Now, part of that, again, I think is because we're trying to censor how we share our opinions, what we're feeling, as opposed to being safe and feeling like we can share that. Mm-hmm. So let me bring all this back into a business perspective. Oftentimes I will go into an organization and I have multiple people around the table and we'll have individuals that are communicating and sharing exactly what we believe the customer wants to hear. So you mentioned the blue box. We'll stay on that. I'm offering you a blue box because you've asked for a blue box and we're going to tell you everything you want about this blue box. But at no point in time is somebody sitting there and challenging them and saying, why is it that you want a blue box? Do you really want a blue box? Give me some additional thoughts on why this blue box means so much to you. 
And you're safe in sharing that. You may have a different opinion than everybody else around that table, but your opinion still matters and counts and is respected. And in business, I think too often we toe this line of, well, this is what they want to hear and this is what I need to say, so I'm going to say it without actually saying and asking and challenging what the real element is. And if I take this now back again to our society and our culture, too often we're fearful of embracing other people's opinions and getting into that deep, sometimes challenging, dark, whatever you want to call it, conversation, but respecting one another enough that says, I know you have a different opinion and I'm okay with that different opinion, but we're going to talk about that different opinion because that's how I learn and that's how you learn and that's how we actually are successful in communication. And if we can apply those premises to business, I think from a society point of view, cultural point of view, and business perspective, we'll be much better off. Wow. So much there, Chris. That was, I love that. And it was fantastic. And a few things jumped out to me is as we think about where we are today, when it comes to communication, this is simultaneous place of being desensitized to information, but hypersensitive to other information at the same time. It's a very interesting, interesting place to be. And so you hit on that. And then this other concept of, and I jotted down here, kind of communicating based on who we're talking to and where we are communicating. There is going to be some variance there and there should be. You know, Some people feel that Oh, I'm, I'm being fake if I'm doing this, but based on the situation, based on your who you're talking to, your style is going to be a little bit different. And I will say, I've been shocked sometimes with your know, past colleagues. I see how they communicate at work. And then sometimes maybe seeing them online, how they communicate. I'm like, whoa, it's two completely different people. Yeah. But the thing that, that you really hit on that, that I absolutely love was this idea of being comfortable to challenge, respectfully challenge what people are saying that they want. And as a service provider, that's typically one of the best ways you can add value is oftentimes people come in thinking that I want this, I want A, B, and C because maybe someone else had it or that's just their understanding of the solution or their particular understanding of the situation. But when you do take the time to ask those questions, dig in a little bit deeper and come back and say, well, I know you were thinking about this blue box, but based on what I just heard, this red circle is going to be a little bit better to help suit your needs. That's just great way to differentiate, great way to add value and really build those, not only business relationships, it works in your personal life as well. Spot on. Yeah. And the key I think in there is respectful, right? Yes. You have to still maintain that respect and give them the respect that they are who they are with their own opinions and their own beliefs. And I tell you time and time again, Time and time again, when I go into an organization, as long as I maintain that respect, I can challenge and challenge and challenge. And no one ever says, why are you challenging me? Mm -hmm. They appreciate that I'm not just coming in and being, yes, man, yes, man. You know, like, I I'm just going to yeah. tell you what you want to hear. No, that's not why I've hired you. That's not why we've brought you in. We need that challenge, but as it has to maintain that respect. 
Absolutely. That's going in and asking the questions, digging deeper. You're going to really separate yourself from the competition. And I think it it ultimately creates those win-win relationships. It might slow things down a little bit. And there's always that pressure performed to get things going, but it's typically it's going to be better in the long run when you do that. Chris, as, as you think about your career journey, all the different things that you've been doing and are doing now, if you had to point it back to say one or two key communication skills that have helped you to get to where you are today, what would those be? The biggest one for me there's two that are coming to mind. The biggest one for me is actually not a communication skill. It's a thought process, mindset mm-hmm. shift. So even as we're talking about right now, we're shifting the terminology and the process of communication. At least that's what I'm trying to do with you. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that mindset of, I'm just going to have a conversation with you. This is not an interview. This is not a you know, there's a two-way street, as we talked about already. This is a conversation. And there's a lot of people, and you probably know this better than I do, but if you go to uh, 10 people off the street and you try to have a conversation with them, at least half of them are not going to want to talk to you. Now, there is a personality trait in there, and there's a fear, and there's a lot of other things, but ultimately it boils down to a mindset that I'm comfortable and I'm ready to have a conversation with you about whatever you want. So I think you have to have that. That's a Mm -hmm. big one. The other one, which is more concrete, was I started off in theater. I, I was up on stage performing and public speaking became very natural to me. And so all of these types of skills that you would uh, understand in terms of diction and formulating your words and how you're going to present those words all come from this kind of theater background up on a stage performing in front of an audience live from New York, (laughs) you know, and that I think are skills. I often will tell people, um, I have a son, he's uh, 15. He's going through, uh, student body council and talking to people. And there's a lot of skills that you can learn about communication in like those types of groups. I've also highly recommend to people all the time, uh, get into theater, get into something where you're performing. Yeah. You might not like it. Yeah. That might be something scary to you, but I tell you what, you will learn skills that will be applicable for the rest of your life. So anything along those lines, like just go out and do something. I oft, I actually just recommended recently somebody go and take um, uh, a stand-up comedy course mm-hmm. or a, not ad-lib. Improv. Improv, thank you. Or an improv class where you're actually challenged in the moment to communicate. Any of those types of things are going to benefit you and they've definitely benefited me. Oh, that's really interesting to hear as I think through you know, my main business, Communispond, a number of our facilitators that focus in on communication skills and public speaking, they have backgrounds in improv where they've been involved with second city or groups like that. So they definitely bring those skills to the table. And as you get out there and are just simply interacting with people, and I love what you said about 
have the mindset of having conversations, whether it is just simply with someone randomly you meet at a social event, meeting uh, with friends and family, or you're going into a meeting at work, whether it's an internal meeting, client meeting, rather than, okay, I need to go in there and I need to accomplish this. I think when you sometimes have that, that mindset of only focusing on the outcome, it becomes more of an interrogation or more of just direct lines of questioning, less of a conversation. I feel that when you have really have conversations, people kind of tend to bring the, the barriers down a little bit. Their guard comes down a little bit. They're more apt to open up. And I think that psychological safety comes in because they feel that you really do care about. So if you're asking you know, the right types of questions and you're demonstrating to them that you really are listening, that really helps create that, that safety, that trust, which will lead to the honesty. So there's so many things that you can do really to help build it. And as you mentioned from like theater background and acting backgrounds, improv, you're going to learn some of those skills. And just one of the things that I've noticed talking with you is that when I ask a question, there's typically a, a nice pause before you respond. And to me, that shows you you're really taking the time to process what I've said. And you haven't just been sitting there waiting for me to stop talking so you could jump in. And so those are the things that, that really do help people feel comfortable and improve communications. I'm going to give you two more because I, yes. I do think this is next level for, for individuals who might be listening who are like, oh, well, I've got all of that. Like, check, 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 fine. The next two ones are read and storytelling. Read every day. And the best thing to read is the news. Like, just read the news. Like, what I do every morning is I skim down Google news topics, and it's about everything from entertainment to sports to politics mm -hmm. to anything. And I just capture the headlines and I get a sense of what those stories are. And I put them in my data bank. The next thing is to be able to regurgitate those as a story or be able to share what you've learned. All of these types of stories, whether it's a story like I've been telling you today, or whether it's something that you've read in the news, are going to make a connection with somebody and is going to be bring is going to be able to bring relevancy into the conversation. So if you're ever fearful about starting a conversation with somebody you haven't met, if you have something in the background, you can lead with that. I'll give you a, another example of this. I was having a workshop with an organization and I had read a news story about one of their competitors that morning. And while I was standing there and we were dealing with some technology issues, um, I asked him, I said, did everybody read that story about your competitor this morning? No one in the, in the group had read the story. No one in the group. So all they wanted to do from that moment forward was engage in that topic. It's a prime example of how reading and getting familiar with things and being able to regurgitate those into a conversation mm -hmm. as a story to bring somebody into your conversation is a critical next level step of making successful communication a reality. That's a great tip about really just kind of reading and going through the, the news highlights, headlines, which so it is, it's funny, something I do every day. I have Google News always pulled up. I go through and I just kind of scroll through and it's never consciously thought about it. But as you mentioned that it's one of the things that I, I like to do is, you know, I like to have enough information about a lot, lot of topics to the point where I can be conversational. 
I meet lots of people. I'm in client meetings all the time, whether just personally, professionally, I know enough, right? Kind of this idea of inch deep, mile wide versus mile deep, inch wide. There's certain topics where I'm like that, but what, you know, when it comes to sports or what's going on in politics, the economy, I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. So if it comes up, you can have that comfort level of being conversational. And it's especially a good tool if you consider yourself to be more on the shy, introverted side, which I do myself, knowing just an, enough about a lot of topics, you're able to kind of jump in, interject, or pick up a lead a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And if you've ever been in a big meeting with 20 people around the table, there's always these side conversations. And I'm always usually quiet and just listening. And it never fails. Somebody will start talking about something and I'll be like, oh, did you read the story about? And then you just add it in. And they're yep. like, what? And now all of a sudden you've become an expert in the room because you've provided something that they haven't read yet. Love it. Love it. Chris, who has been someone from throughout your career, right? Like I said, we talked about so many different things that you've done. Who is somebody that has just really influenced your communication style? And you know, what have you maybe taken from them and tweaked and just made your own? Well, really, the only person who has influenced me about my communication style would be my father. And he uh, passed away a couple of years. But... Um, yeah, I watched him. I watched him and how he communicated. I watched him and how he I watched him and how he was able to have conversations like this on the fly. Just sit down and be interviewed. Just sit down and talk. I've watched him stand up and do public speaking. Like everything pretty much that I've picked up about how I communicate, I watched my father do. And then I perfected it or grew those skills individually in my career. Like you just start mimicking it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a great way to do it is go watch TED Talks and see how people communicate and see who are the individuals who memorize their entire script versus those who are winging their entire script versus those who are interacting with the audience through their entire script. There's mm -hmm. different methods and if you can begin to break those down and watch people as they speak, mimic them, mimic the traits that you like, mimic the traits that meet the skills that you're trying to acquire. And really that's how I approached it was I watched my father, he influenced me, and then I began to mimic his style and continue to grow that as I progressed. No, that's really cool to hear, especially as a parent. I, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And you know, for me, I'm always trying to be aware that I'm modeling skills for them. I'm modeling behaviors, whether they realize it or I realize it or not, all day, every day, as I'm interacting directly with them, I'm interacting with my wife, I'm interacting with people they hear me on the phone with, service providers, whatever it is, I'm modeling skills. So I want to make sure that I'm modeling effective and positive skills for them. And one of the, the beautiful things around communication is that there are just so many examples out there for us. You can learn from everywhere, whether it's going to YouTube and pulling up a video, watching those TED Talks, day-to-day -day interactions with people, kind of pick up, find the best stuff, and really start to make it your own. Chris, I want to be respectful of time. As we wrap up here, what closing thoughts or pieces of advice would you have for somebody 
whether they're fresh out of school, going into their first job, starting their own business, maybe they're mid-career, ready to make a change. What piece of advice would you have for them around developing their communication skills? Well, I think we've already touched on that, and, and it's the mindset. I, I think you have to embrace what is communication to you, why is it important for us, and acknowledge in yourself that you want to improve that skill. You can look at any type of skill across the board, whether you want to learn how to play a musical instrument or learn how to draw or learn a sport, you're going to take time and practice to do it and perfect it. And oftentimes we'll see people who go down one path and say, I'm going to learn this skill and perfect it. And they ignore something like communication skills. So they're very good at that, but they're not good at communicating maybe to the press or you know something along those mm -hmm. lines. So you have to have the mindset like this is important and I'm going to do it and I'm going to learn and I'm going to continue to grow in it. And if you can do that, I think set your, your foundation, set a goal, set a course of action for those improvements then it's a continuous process of improvement, right? I'm still learning how to communicate. I still grow in that skill every day. I actually do podcast on a regular basis for nothing more than to improve my skill and my ability to communicate and be successful in thought processing. So figure out what that looks like to you and then go make a plan, execute on it. Fantastic advice. Mindset is important. Understand what are going to be the skills that are important for you. Build a plan, focus on developing it and realizing it that it's a lifelong journey, right? Everyone that I talk to, they're continuing to grow in these areas. You're never going to perfect it. And just like every other skill, you have to continue to work at it, to practice it, or it is going to, to go away. That strength is going to weaken over time. So Spot on advice, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have a great day. You too. Appreciate it. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Chris Hood. As you're communicating with others at home or at work, keep the blue box in mind. Are you simply delivering the blue box because it's what someone asked for? Or are you digging deeper with questions to find out if that truly is the best solution for them? As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.